Works 96.7 WORX. Welcome back here. And I am so privileged right now to be joined by a living legend in the television industry. Some of you may watch him on Hardball every weeknight on MSNBC. He is getting ready to celebrate the 20th year of Hardball. I am joined by Mr. Chris Matthews himself. Chris, welcome to Southern Indiana. Thank you very much, Jordan. Now, Chris, as long as you've been around, have you ever made it to Southern Indiana before? No. Really? Uh, I was in South Bend a while ago. Um, at work. That's not very close, is it? Well, it's about five hours north, so, yeah, it's a little far from here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've been to Southern Indiana. You're right. I've been to every state but Oklahoma, though. I know that. Wow, that's really cool. You don't really see a whole lot of people that have traveled that much. So you are, of course, the host of Hardball on MSNBC every weeknight. You've been on television for many years, and you are getting ready to celebrate your 20th year of Hardball. Does it feel weird or just kind of odd that you've already been on the air for 20 years doing this show? Actually, I've, I've, it's 20 with Hardball on MSNBC, and then I had a year or two on, on CNBC with Hardball. But I've been on the air every night, every weekday night since 94, so 26 years altogether. But 20 with uh, MSNBC... Yeah, I, it does seem interesting that um, it's, it's becoming an increasing percentage of my life that, I, that I've been on every night. And um, it is funny. It's, just, it's a strange feeling. It's like being married, you know. You can't believe you're married all these years in, in this existence. It's, it is strange if you give it any thought, you know. Well, in your years of doing hardball and just being on TV in general, you have interviewed thousands of people. You've interviewed politicians and non-politicians. Of all the interviews that you have conducted, is there anyone that really stands out to you as being really memorable? Well, I interviewed John Kennedy Jr. on the, one of the first nights of the show, and um, he couldn't have been nicer. And he's sort of a prince in, in American life. And, you know, I do, um, I found out how, how whimsical and funny he was to deal with. I also, I guess in terms of a weird night, though, was I was at, I was at 34th and Broadway outside during the, Repu uh, the, the uh, Republican convention in, in 2004, and Zell Miller, uh, the senator from uh, Georgia, who had just spoken at the Republican convention, basically challenged me to a duel. He was really angry at me, and, and he said, I wish we still lived in a time that we could challenge a man to a duel. And, I, and I'm telling you, for the next overnight that night, I go, I think this guy means it. <laughs> you know, I was going to wake up in the morning with being handed two Confederate dueling pistols, and he was going to go at me with it. I mean, that was one. That is outright. And the next day, Arnold Schwarzenegger called me up, and I only knew him briefly. And he said, "That man has just given you a million dollars in publicity." It's <laughs> 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 not exactly that wasn't the way I felt. About it. But after Arnold called me up, I said, "Well, maybe this was a good thing." But before Zell Miller died a few months ago, we had a nice, really sweet, I think, exchange of letters. I wrote him and said how much I did respect his, his service in the Marines and, and as governor and everything. And I understood, I think, why he was mad at the Democrats. And he wrote back the nicest letter I've saved at my drawer. So I guess that was the big one, Zell Miller. Well, that is a, an interesting story, but definitely cool that you all were able to uh, at least patch things up there toward the end. Now, obviously, like I said, you've interviewed many politicians. What all presidents have you been able to interview during your time in television? Well, when was, when was I big enough to do it? Uh, certainly I interviewed uh, George Sr., George Bush, George uh, W. I interviewed uh, Clinton. I always enjoyed Clinton interviews because you, know, you can figure the guy out in some ways. Uh, Obama, of course. Uh, Let's see, Trump, uh, notoriously interviewed Trump when he talked about punishing women for having abortions, and, and then he had to take that back. 
But, yeah, I guess I've gotten them all, Obama. I guess starting, I started to get big enough. I interviewed Dukakis when he ran in 88, George C. I don't think I ever interviewed Reagan. I met him many times when, he, when I was working as top aide to Tip O'Neill back in my political days in the, uh, in the 80s. But uh, all of them since. I've been, going to, I've been to every Democratic convention since 64, except for 68, because I, I was a grad school then at Chapel Hill. And I, I didn't uh, get to that one. But isn't it amazing? All the way back to 64, I was a busboy in Ocean City, New Jersey, when the Democrats were in Atlantic City. Wow, you have interviewed a lot of amazing people, sir, and that's incredible, all the things you've been through and going to every convention. I don't want to call you old. Well, I am old. I mean, <laughs> not only old, but I've been following politics since I was uh, really young and fascinated by it. I, I, that's when I shook hands with people like Hubert Humphrey, Gene McCarthy, Adlai Stevenson, uh, Scoop Jackson. I knew all those guys back then, and that was in 64, which is uh, 36, 40. God, 56, something like that years ago. Wow. Well, you certainly have an incredible career. I think anyone uh, that watches news knows that. But we got to talk about the future and who the future Democratic nominee could be. Uh, We just had our second round of Democratic debates. There's still so many people uh, left on stage. Obviously, that'll be dwindled down here over the next couple of months. Of uh, the second round that you saw, who were some of the winners and losers in your mind? Well, Biden was a little better the second time. Uh, uh, He was terrible the first time. The second time, he was okay. Uh, He was much better yesterday on his feet talking to the press. I think he's much better out there talking to people on the street corner, which is really Joe's strength in street corner conversations with everybody. He's just more comfortable out there. I think he can still win this nomination, but I would say if I had to put my money on it, and this is not my feelings, but my money, I would say Elizabeth Warren is really tough to beat. I think she's had proposals every day. She's intellectually dynamic, very uh, con- very committed, very driven. Uh, I think that she's in the sweet spot. Unfortunately, I think of the Democrats, I think it's too far left, but I think she's where the party is. Uh, a little to the right of Bernie Sanders, I think. I think she'll beat him in Iowa, and I think she can win in New Hampshire then. She'll be hard to stop. And then after she comes off as the front runner, Biden has to, you have to figure out whether he's going to survive it all or not. And then I think Kamala Harris will come on in South Carolina, where you're going to have a lot of minority voters, 62% of the voters are African-American. And then California coming up where Kamala should do well. So I see it as a battle between Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris if I had to make my, put my money down right now. Okay, so let's say it comes down to Senator Harris and Senator Warren. Which of those two, should either one of them be fortunate enough to win the nomination, which of those two would have the best chance against President Trump in the general election next November? Well, uh, Trump would be the favorite in the end, I think, um, uh, against those two, I think. But I think, I think that uh, either one of them could win in the states that mattered, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. They could win there. Um, but it's going to be close. This election... It's very hard to make a prediction on an election. It's probably going to be pretty close to 50-50. Because Trump, in the end, is not stupid. He is, he's wild, but he's not stupid. And in the end, I think he'll settle down the last couple months and be more presidential and, and make the Democrat the issue and run against the Democrats on open borders, late-term abortion, socialism. He's got a lot of ammunition to use against the Democrats. And he will try to make the Democratic candidate the issue, not him. And, and he can win that way. But that requires discipline on his part, which he doesn't show a lot of. And, but there is a victory for him. He can just say, look, look at the economy. 
Do you think it happened by accident? Did it because I cut taxes, I deregulated, I rob rod the country, and, uh, and take credit for that? And, uh, I mean, Reagan got reelected with a 7.2% unemployment rate. He called it Morning in America. This guy with a, a good advertising campaign and a couple, b- you know, b- billions of dollars behind it uh, can, uh, can, can sell himself. So I think Trump is... Um, and look, it's a 50-50 race, basically. Well, that's the presidential election. Obviously, there are also other elections going on next year as well. Of course, you'll have the House of Representatives that will be up for grabs, as, of course, they have to run every two years. And you'll also have seats in the Senate that are up for grabs, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, who is up for re-election next year. I think those stay the same. I think the Senate stays Republican. I think Mitch McConnell's still leader. And that's something that all these Democrats on the hard left have to deal with. Nobody's... Nobody challenged them during these debates say, wait a minute, you can't pass any of these things you're talking about without 60 votes in the U.S. Senate. How are you going to do that? And you can adjust the taxes. You can adjust maybe Obamacare a little bit. But it's very hard to come in with a whole new program like Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren are proposing. And so how are you going to – nobody asked the obvious question. How are you going to get Mitch McConnell to go along with that? And it's – how are you going to do that? You know, how are you going to get a, a judgeship approved as a Supreme Court nominee – to replace uh, Ginsburg. How are you going to do that with Mitch there? Uh, explain. You know, that's the kind of question I, I would nail them with. You are a much smarter person than I am, sir. Thank you very much, Chris Matthews, for joining us. I know you have a really busy schedule, sir. And, of course, you can check out Chris Matthews uh, each weeknight on MSNBC for his show Hardball. Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here this morning. Hey, this is great. Thank you.